The polls are not looking good for the Liberals, but does that mean that Aaron O'Toole could actually become Prime Minister? Trinor's in-house pollster joins us to break it all down. I'm Candace Malcolm, and this is The Candace Malcolm Show. We have seen a remarkable change in the polls over the last week. Now, we've talked about it on the show that Justin Trudeau is not running a very good campaign. A few of his major wedge issues have sort of fallen apart. But the way that the polls have reacted is is quite sharp and quite telling. So I'm going to go through a couple of them here. And I'm joined by Hamish Marshall, who is our in-house pollster at True North, who's going to help us make sense of it all. I think the most interesting thing I've seen so far is the 338 Canada breakdown, which is the aggregator of all the polls. So on August 13th, before this thing was called, the odds of Trudeau winning a majority government were at 58%. No wonder he called the election. Uh, by a week later, August 22nd, the odds of a Trudeau winning a majority is down to 22%. And meanwhile, the odds of the Conservatives winning a minority government is up at 20%. So, so Hamish, the, the chances of the Trudeau Liberals forming a majority, about one in five, the odds of the Conservatives forming, forming a minority, one in five. Um, what, what do you make of this? Well, it's been obviously a big, a big move in the polls uh, for the Conservatives. I mean, they, they had been earlier in the summer at some historic lows. Uh, and they're moving into a position where, depending on the pollster, they're somewhere between five and uh, five points behind to one point ahead in, in some cases. Uh, so it, this election has become extremely competitive. Um, you know, as much as we'd seen in, in previous polls, uh, like we spoke about in the past, people didn't seem scared by the idea of a liberal majority government. Uh, people are, are are questioning the rationale for this election, and, and, and Trudeau has not had a particularly good reason for it. Um, and they've it's given them some stumbles, and uh, O'Toole has uh, has come out of the gates strong. Absolutely. Well, let's let's talk about that because there was a poll that came out that showed that the vast majority of Canadians don't want an election. They think that that we could have waited a year calling this election a power grab. So we talked about this on the night that the writ was drawn up and the election was announced that. In some ways, Trudeau has a fair rationale for calling an election, just given that the pandemic is over and he wants a new agenda for his new spending, uh, his new vision for, for spending in Canada. It doesn't seem like Canadians really agree. So so let's go back to that question. Do you think that, that he will pay for forcing an early election that, I, I mean, if you're looking at the polls right now, we, we may end up in the exact same boat with another liberal minority uh, do you think Trudeau will pay for that? And do you think Trudeau will be able to maintain his role as prime minister and leader of the party if that happens? Well, I think I think it's up to Trudeau. I, I think if the election was held today, I, I think that would be a, a big, big problem for him. The election is going to be held on September 20th. So, you know, Trudeau's got the better part of a month now to get it right, to figure out what, uh, to figure out how to give that rationale and figure out what he needs to do going forward. Um, so what is a problem today, whether it'll be a problem on September 20th remains to be seen. Uh, if he wins a, a, a minority, um, the question is: I don't think it, I don't think there's there would be a push to get rid of him as uh, as as a liberal leader. I think the question is whether he wants to stick around with something like that. Um, he is, uh, you know, he has completely remade the, the Liberal Party uh, in his own image, and I don't believe there would be any mechanism or, or any desire or capacity to really to, to move past him. It doesn't come from him internally. Interesting. Now let's talk about this ECOS poll because it's getting a lot of attention and I'm not sure if it's an outlier. I'm not sure if, if it's completely accurate, but let's let's go through and say it. So ECOS uh, asked Canadians, how do you plan to vote in the upcoming election now on August 15th? 
Uh, we had 35% saying liberal, 31% saying conservative. On August 21st, so a week later, the conservatives are ahead in this poll, 32.8%, just by a very, very, very small margin, and the liberals are at 32.4%. So is it possible that the conservatives are actually winning this election so far? Well, I mean, if we look at all the polls, there's there's clearly a two or one three point gap called a two point gap. The liberals seem to be ahead if we look, look across all the pollsters. You know, uh, this is a a rolling poll which they take a certain number of poll of, of of interviews every night and drop off a previous night. So these sort of things, you think it's easy to move up and down a, a point or two. Uh, and they've got the the conservatives ahead by 0.4 percent. I'd point out that in the in the 2019 election, conservatives won the election by 1.1 uh, percent in terms of the popular vote, but still lost uh, in terms of the number of seats. So, you know, a lead of of 0.4 uh, percent is certainly encouraging uh, for the conservatives, and I don't want to I don't want to take that away in any way. But uh, extrapolating that to to victory is uh, is I think very very premature. Interesting. Let's, let's talk a little bit about the demographics, because there was an Ipsos poll that came out on August 24th that I, I found quite interesting and, and, and very surprising. So it had the Conservatives ahead in Ontario at 35 versus the Liberals 31. The Conservatives ahead in British Columbia at 34 versus the Liberals 31 in British Columbia. And this is surprising to me. In Saskatchewan and Manitoba, the NDP are surging at 39% to the Conservatives 32. So if this was the case in this held, Hamish, this would be a pretty different map than the 2019 election where the Conservatives swept Saskatchewan didn't do that well in Ontario and British Columbia. So what what is happening and, and why is this it's so different this time around. Well, that's the way those Ipsos uh, numbers are saying. Other pollsters are showing different uh, provincial numbers, but you know the, you're right. It would be a different map. Not so much in British Columbia. It would actually still be good news for the Liberals. You know, the, the Conservatives got 34% in British Columbia in uh, 2019. So this isn't an improvement. But the Liberals got, I believe, uh, 27 or, or so. Uh, so this is actually an improvement for the Liberals. So you can still see the Liberals gain in that environment. Manitoba and Saskatchewan numbers are fascinating. Uh, you'd see the NDP uh, picking up seats uh, in Winnipeg for sure, and, and maybe a conservative seat in, in, in Saskatoon West. Um, the interesting thing is that in, in Winnipeg is that while those numbers, the big NDP surge, those are almost certainly going to be the Liberal seats that would fall to the NDP. Uh, which would which would which further hurts Trudeau's quest for majority, uh, and then Ontario. As far as I know, Ipsos I think is the only pollster that puts Conservatives ahead in Ontario. Uh, but a, a close Ontario, uh, e even a split, even if the Conservatives and Liberals were completely tied in Ontario, uh, that would mean uh, fifteen, maybe twenty more seats for the Conservatives. You know, the Conservatives uh, lost in Ontario by about eight and a half percent last time. So even a tie would be a significant, significant change. Well, that could be right there, the difference between a liberal majority or, or, or not. Uh, one, one other demographic uh, poll that I, I wanted to point out, because I just thought it was so interesting and so counter to what you think about when you think about who the conservative base is. This is an ECOS poll from August 22nd, and it shows that the conservatives have the most support among 18 to 34-year-olds, 33% to the liberals, 28 to the NDP, 20. That's really interesting to me. And then and then the next youngest demographic, 35 to 49 year olds, the conservatives are also leading in that with 33% to the liberals, 27, NDP, 18. C can we talk about what it is that young people uh, are seeing in the conservative party and in Aaron O'Toole that, that are making them uh, shift in this direction? Well, I don't, I don't mean to burst anyone's bubble, but I think that's more likely to come out of uh, methodological issues uh, because they're uh, ECOS collecting their data via, via demon dial, which is going to skew towards landlines. 
uh, and you're typically going to get quite small samples of people uh, under really under about 40 or 45 uh, answering the phone numbers uh, with landlines and that can create some uh, some anomalies you know if we look at uh, the the the, uh, the polling from other uh, from other pollsters, uh, Angus Reid, uh, uh, for instance, and uh, uh, you know, Abacus companies like that. What we're, what we're seeing is that uh, the conservatives have definitely we've seen they've grown. They've grown with middle-aged men. Um, they've grown with uh, older men as well. Uh, they're still behind with older women uh, and with women uh, between thirty middle-aged women thirty-five and fifty-four. Uh, and this is the key group. Um, conservatives, in order for the conservatives to win a government. Uh, they have to basically be tied with women, you know, win, win men in general and men over 35 uh, fairly strongly, uh, and then basically be tied with women uh, over 35, ideally uh, um, uh, be ahead with women uh, over 35. It, one of the more interesting things that's changed in the last a little while, uh, last uh, 10 years or so, is that when Harper was winning his governments, uh, he won women over 55 uh, by fairly strong margins. Uh, but uh, Trudeau had, has won that group uh, in, in 2015 quite decisively and 2019 not quite as decisively. Uh, and conservatives actually did better with, with middle-aged women than with older women. Um, but those are both groups that cons the conservatives need to win back. What we're seeing is that most pollsters show that the numbers are, are decent with those groups, uh, but not where they need to be. Uh, you know, the conservatives looking across, you know, there's, I don't know how many polls, there's been a dozen polls out in the last week or so. Um, Looking across them and taking them as a as a group, we see is the conservatives have a strong base that can allow them to 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 see a path towards victory, uh, but they're not there by any stretch of the imagination. There's an awful lot of politics to come over the next three weeks. Well, absolutely, the campaign is still young. We still have four weeks left of campaigning and election, so we will continue to have Hamish Marshall to break it all down and help us make sense of it all. True North's in-house pollster, Hamish Marshall, thank you so much for joining us.